Hey everybody, welcome to episode 279 of Up for Discussion, the emotionally honest comedy podcast where we take your questions and dish out hot truths and tasty goods. I'm your host, Tom Zalatni, and I am alone in the studio again today because it is still a pandemic and we are still being cautious. But I am not alone in your ears or in your hearts, dear listener, because I'll be joined over the phone for this episode by my wonderful co-host, Adrian Schoen. But first... I'd like to take a minute to acknowledge that the studio where I'm recording is situated within the traditional and unsurrendered territories of the Ganyagahaga First Nations. Um, as settlers, it's important that we remember that the lands we occupy are not our own, and that we engage in conversations that challenge the colonial mindset. So um, I want to encourage you to take some time today and every day to reflect on your relationship with the land you live on and with the indigenous communities of that area. Um, a cool thing that happened in the past week at the time of recording is that Thomas Jirasek, who you might remember as the McGill University student who got the McGill sports team to change its shitty race's name last year. Uh, he graduated and was chosen to be this year's valedictorian. Um, I had the pleasure of producing an episode of a sports podcast uh, last year or maybe two years ago. I, it's Time is irrelevant. Uh, that featured an inter- interview with him. And uh, so I wanted to take a second to congratulate him here on air. So congrats, Thomas. That's amazing and very well deserved. Uh, McGill, maybe the next thing that you guys can do now is tear down your racist statue of James McGill known slave owner and all-around trash bag. <laughs> I realize the guy founded your university, but you know, there's a time and place for everything, and maybe now is the time and place for tearing him down. Uh, there was a point a while back where you had the statue covered by a big wooden box. This is also an acceptable solution if the demolition is too expensive. I Just, you know, make the box permanent. Put some, you know, nails in it to the ground so that it's just there forever. You could have a statue of a box. Boxes do more for the world than racists. Anyway... <laughs> Coming to us live from Chicago, Illinois, I think, Adrian Spoons Shown. <laughs> Hi. <laughs> How you doing? Yeah, I am still still in Chicago. That, that has not changed. <laughs> I never know if you're, like, officially in Chicago or if you're officially in, like, you know, Skokie or whatever. No, I, uh, well, well-remembered of Skokie, Illinois, <laughs> uh, my, my birthplace, but uh, no, I'm actually in Chicago proper. And uh, Chicagoans get a little ruffled by, like, you know... You know, because you, you travel, you go other places, and you say you live in Chicago, and then you actually... But, like, if you were in Chicago, and, and you were living in, like, Naperville, and you said you lived in Chicago, everybody would be like, nah. Right. <laughs> well, it's like how people here like to say they live in the West Island, or, like, people from the West Island say they live in Montreal, but it's like, no, you live in the West Island. You're from Point Claire. Get over yourself. <laughs> right. This is... Naperville is kind of the West Island of uh, of Chicago. <laughs> And as is true of McGill being the Harvard of Canada, if something is the something of something else, it is really the nothing of anything. Maybe Naperville, or the West Island is the Naperville of, of uh, Montreal. I don't, I don't really know how this checks out. Bob Odenkirk does live in Naperville, uh, so that's exciting. You say Bob Odenkirk? Yeah. Oh, that's kind of fun. Paul Saul. Yeah. Huh. <laughs> I, don't, I don't know much about Bob Odenkirk, except that I like him, I think. I, I hope he hasn't been cancelled, and I just don't know about this yet. But I... Uh, I don't... I yeah. don't think so. I haven't heard anything to that effect. He, I've written, uh, written... I've read some really nice uh, essays he's written. Okay. Um, but I, I, I don't think that they addressed anything problematic. So, I mean, maybe there's something I don't know out there. But as far as I'm aware, he's fine. <laughs> yeah. I. Uh, okay. Well, I just I looked at his Wikipedia page. He doesn't have anything under, like, controversy. And my second step is always to look at people's personal life and see what their personal life might say about them. And it does say something about colorblindness, which made me go, uh-oh. But it's actually, like, actual colorblindness. So he just, you know... <laughs> 
can't tell between red and green, I guess. Yeah, I assumed Wikipedia didn't make a section on, on his uh, colorblindness to race. Yeah. <laughs> Which, uh, for people keeping score at home, uh, colorblindness to race is bullshit and not a thing. Yeah. (laughs) Really, really dumb. Oh, my goodness. Uh, Adrian, how how is everything? How are you doing? Oh, gosh. You know, there's a lot. It's a lot. You know, I I was uh, texting with somebody earlier today, and... um, I keep saying that, like, well, A, I'm not a fan of Wednesdays, so I think we should just, like, remove those. I've just stopped acknowledging that Wednesdays are a thing. You but know today just, is Friday, right? I know that. Okay. Um, <laughs> uh, but I, I think that conversation started because my, my shakiness on, on um, the, the days as they are. And I realized I've stopped thinking of time in terms of nine to five blocks uh, of, of days. And now I've just started to see, like, a grid of, uh, like, kind of like the game of Battleship, but, like, just, like, blocks off sections of Zoom calls. (laughs) And and so, like, just people, like, try to pick a square, and you're like, no, I'm sorry, you sunk my Battleship. (laughs) Yeah, if you have five Zoom calls in a row any given day, your your ship goes down and you die. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, I'm like, I, I can't, I can't, it's my whole battleship, my submarine, you can avoid my submarine at three on, on uh, two days from now. But. <laughs> no, I get that, I um, I recently got Hootsuite, do you remember oh. Hootsuite, is that something you yeah. ever used? I have used it, yeah. <laughs> I, um, my business coach recommended I find some kind of way to make sure that I am, like, posting on social media at least three times a week, and, uh... And I'm notoriously I'm bad at doing that. Uh, if people mm-hmm. have ever looked at our Instagram, for example, which I think I haven't posted on since March, uh, so I was like, okay, I'm going to get Hootsuite and I'm going to set it up to like be able to schedule posts for like a couple of social pages uh, that are like attached to my shows and the network. Um, but the free Hootsuite account only has three social media pages attached to it at any given time, so. Um, I'm still not posting to Instagram regularly, <laughs> but... Well, yeah, can you post uh, Instagram from Hootsuite? I think so. I think so. If I was using it, I don't think you could. So, like, it actually, like, a lot of those... This is such a nerd, like, welcome to business podcast, Yay. but... Um, um, <laughs> I found those systems to be um, really cumbersome because, like, at the end of the day, it didn't actually help me do anything because like my you still have to post instagram from the phone then you have to rewrite everything like even if you're posting the same content like right. you need hashtags on instagram you need hashtag tags on twitter like the formatting is all different like it, it's never like the same content exactly no so like you still have to write three different posts and then i don't know you just upload them from this other place <laughs> instead like I, like, I could just have a calendar like <laughs> reminder to say like post on Wednesday, you dummy. Like, <laughs> I think for me the the thing that I've been finding helpful is like um, because you can do hashtags on Facebook now. So yeah. what I tend to do, I have it set up to post to two different Facebook accounts and one Twitter account, and uh, I just do the same text 
I make sure it fits for Twitter. And then I'm like, this will be short enough for Facebook as well. Because like, really, people yeah. don't actually want things to be 10 times as long on a Facebook post. So I'm just like, put it out on Facebook and Twitter. And I'm finding it helpful because I don't... Um, these days, I don't have as much time to just like sit down at a computer and do social media posts. And I find sure. doing them from my phone can be kind of clunky. Uh, so now I just, whenever I'm sitting down with my laptop, I open up Hootsuite, I schedule a couple of posts, you know, I figure out, you know, what do I want to, what do I want to share this week? And, uh, and then I make sure like, okay, I'm going to schedule three at a time so that at minimum this week, I will have posted three times on social media and my business coach won't tell me that I'm slacking off. It works. It's a, it might be a better than when I was using it, but uh... I have no idea. But yeah, it's uh, it's been fine. But I, I bring it up because it also has that like grid calendar kind of situation. And uh, <laughs> every time that I'm looking at it, I get overwhelmed because I'm like, oh, I could theoretically slot something in to every single slot in a week if yeah. I wanted to. And uh, gross. Well, and like there are people who run Twitter, and like the way that Twitter runs is like you kind of can and and sometimes should like post like a lot on right. Twitter in a way that you really wouldn't with like Facebook or something. <laughs> and so like the people like post like seventeen, thirty times a day on on Twitter and you're like, Jesus, this is like endless. Like this is this is too much. Yeah, I, I think I would find that to be too much if I was specifically posting like promotional things on Twitter 17 to 30 times a day but like you know little joke tweets or interacting with things is is another story right yeah well and like uh, you know there there are people whose full-time job is to do this and and like right I mean slap a medal on the stake people who who (laughs) run that Twitter feed like just to to write jokes and like troll Twitter that long all day for a brand that seems really, really hard. <laughs> <laughs> and also kind of fun. Yeah, I mean, it can, I think, when it hits. But I think there is a slog involved in that where you've, like, you've tweeted 100 times a day for three months and then, like, one thing got picked up by BuzzFeed and kind of blew up. Right. You're like, I did it! <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I think if, like, one thing, one piece of my work per month got picked up by BuzzFeed, I'd be pretty happy. Yeah, I mean, but, like... You produce like a whole podcast as opposed to like a <laughs> sentence you threw up on a on Twitter. Like right. it's so, it's so disposable. Like it's. Uh, I will say I, I've really been enjoying. Um, uh, it, I don't know if you listen to any of the podcasts by uh, Robert Evans, like uh, Behind the Bastards or uh, Behind the Police, or um, he's got a bunch of them. He's, he's really good. I like uh, that you just he, named two podcast titles the, the same show. Oh well, no, that that's like the sub. That's kind of the gist of it. Uh, <laughs> I think that was the point of the title. Wait, Robert uh, Evans, not the the like film producer who made The Godfather, a different Robert Evans. Yeah, I actually believe that um, he used to say, like, he used to have his byline be the other Robert Evans. Okay, and I think that guy died, and now it says I'm the uh, the only Robert. <laughs> <laughs> Yikes. Uh, uh, but he he's a, a journalist and and did a lot of work um uh in like uh, as a war correspondent and things like that and um he has been out on twitter uh cover and like periscope and stuff uh covering the the chaz and portland and a lot of the protests happening there mm-hmm. and uh it is really fascinating to watch yeah fair enough this episode of up for discussion is brought to you in part by chaos 
That's chaos with a K. I'm just gonna get that out of the way right now so that you know it's not chaos with a C, it's chaos with a K. If you've been listening to the show for a while, you've definitely heard us talk about chaos. Their professional sound equipment, cinema-grade cameras, lenses, event hosting, social media services, etc. But right now, we want to highlight the trailer for their upcoming feature-length film, American Dreamers. American Dreamers tells the story of two British graduates who take a road trip across the USA looking for a shortcut to fame, fortune, and green cards. If quarantine life has you eagerly awaiting the day you can leave your house and travel someplace more than two kilometers away, let the American Dreamers trailer scratch that itch for you. Go to chaoslabs.com to check it out. Remember, that's chaos with a K, not a C. Now I want to welcome you quickly to the Cash Corner, the part of the show where I shamelessly ask you to give us money. During this global pandemic, we know most people don't have extra money lying around. So instead of asking you to give us $5 a month in support on Patreon, we want to just ask you to support us any way you see fit. That can be by leaving us a nice review on your podcatcher of choice, or by sharing the episode with a friend. Honestly, even just hitting us up on social media to let us know you're listening. It's nice to get those kinds of messages. Tell us what you like. Tell us what you don't like. Tell us that you're here. Tell us what you do while you listen to our podcast. Especially if it's weird. Of course, if you do feel like throwing some money our way, we won't say no. If you pledge as little as a dollar a month to us at patreon.com slash discussion, you'll be joining the ranks of fine folks like Patrick, Gabriel, Kendallin, Carlea, Thomas, George, Poppy, Killian, Sarah, Angelica, Will, Anne, Andrew, Laura, Kate, and Erica. By doing that, you'll get access to bonus content, little behind-the-scenes updates, all kinds of other sweet perks. You can uh, submit questions for us to talk about on the show if you give us $5 or more. So consider doing it. It's cool. It's fun. You're kind of part of the team. And uh, half of our net proceeds from Patreon, so like the money that we earn above what we need in order to keep the lights on, uh, gets donated to local food banks, indigenous charitable organizations, women's shelters, and uh, black support charities during, uh, you know, all of everything that is going on right now, all of the chaos with a C that is happening in the world. Um, So by helping us, you are also not just helping us make a great show, you're also helping us help others. Uh, so if you want to do that with even as little as a dollar a month, you can go to patreon.com slash up for discussion and donate. Again, that's patreon.com slash up for discussion. So Adrian, should we get into our featured Patreon question for this episode? Let's do it, Tom. All right. Our featured Patreon question for this week's episode comes from George, who asks, have you ever had an intimate experience, and then in brackets, sexual, emotional, whatever you want to label as intimate, that you didn't expect or couldn't have predicted that still makes you smile to this day? So an un- an unexpected intimacy that was positive. I think it's important, sure. <laughs> to, important to highlight. George immediately messaged me after sending that question in and was like, make sure people know that I'm not talking about like... <laughs> things where consent was blurry i'm specifically talking about things that you just didn't see coming it's like yep i think that will be clear (laughs) oh man that would be a bummer of a conversation yep um but yeah you know okay i was gonna say you know like situations where you're like i didn't expect that date to go well or i didn't realize that person loved me or even just (laughs) i didn't expect to have a good conversation with this person that i didn't know yeah, I, I, I'm sure there's a million of, of those. Like the one that's just kind of, um, I don't know if this is like uh, something like emotionally, you know, um, you know, like prominent moment in my life. It just kind of makes me giggle. Uh, so my my first um, boyfriend in high school was uh, very religious, but his family was like um, 
they had kind of become Baptist, but they like he was raised like Lutheran. So like they no longer really had much to do with the Lutheran church, but he, he was actually still the janitor at the, the Lutheran church. Okay. Um, but it wasn't like the church that he went to. <laughs> um, and so I do recall uh, making out in that church basement while he was cleaning it on the weekend. And they were like, Look it, let's go make out on an altar. I <laughs> 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 just to kind of be able to say like I made out on an altar. Like that's just kind of fun. <laughs> yeah, no, I get that. I uh, as someone who spent a lot of time in churches and at church camps in my teens, I uh can confirm there's something kinda, <laughs> you know, fun and a little bit uh inappropriate about that. Yeah, it was just, like I don't know that I really got off on it, but it was just kind of like. <laughs> yeah, no, I get that. I um, I definitely my actually my first girlfriend in high school. Um, we met at church camp and uh, didn't start dating till like a year later, but we liked each other kind of on and off that whole first year. I feel like I've probably shared this story on the podcast a long time ago. Um, but when we actually started dating uh we started dating during another summer of working at a church camp and uh would like any time that we had a chance to go make out in a supply closet we would and it was always kind of like haha we're you know sneaking around while we're working at a church camp and in retrospect <laughs> i'm like if i was the cit director i would have you know fired us immediately if i had you know caught us but you know that's that's what teenagers do they they take opportunities to you know fondle each other or whatever I have a feeling you guys were the first or the last. Yeah, probably not. Uh, I, if I'm thinking about like intimate experiences that surprised me, I think like I don't have many that were like genuinely. I don't have any like um, I should say like romantic or sexually intimate experiences that surprised me because uh, I am too anxious of a person to have ever been in situations that I hadn't already like kind of seen coming. Um, but I did, I have had like a number of those sort of um, like friendship intimacy things that were like, wow, I did not expect for us to just talk for like five hours just now. That's crazy. Um, mm. And actually, like, I think a handful of them have been, you know, from sort of the improv community. Uh, but the thing that kind of stands out most to me is um, actually it would be a church memory. Um a friend who I haven't seen in years at this point because I think he I think we kind of knew each other peripherally for a bit and like you know it was one of those situations where we had the same friends but we didn't actually hang out ever and he was like about to move back to the states I think I don't I fully don't remember where this dude was from uh maybe even Australia I have no idea uh like I can't even remember if this guy like this guy could have had an Australian accent and I would not remember but he uh he was like moving back to wherever he was from like a week later and uh was like hey do you want to like get lunch after church today and I was like yeah all right I like lunch and we got dumplings and talked for four hours and I remember afterward just being like wow it's a bummer that you're moving. We're never going to hang out again. But this was like, it was nice. You know, it was, it was just a good experience of just kind of like sitting down and opening up with someone for a while. And like, Mm -hmm. I think that that's the kind of intimacy that I like the most, honestly, is like the just big open, like, let's get to know each other type conversations. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. And I, I think, um, you know, like, 
improv and, and those kinds of things where you, you actually have a, a fair amount of diversity in terms of like age and, and um, you know, kind of different representations of different kinds of people. Um, I think it, it's really surprising how often when you splinter off one-on-one -on -one with people that um, that kind of conversation comes so easily. Mm -hmm. um, because I, I think everybody has, no matter how, how different and um, personality or background or all those things, uh, especially if you all come together for the same sort of activity like that, um, there's something that you're all kind of looking for. Like you're all creators or you're all um, looking for a social connection or, you know, like you have an openness um, to that community mm -hmm. that makes that really easy to facilitate that, that kind of um, intimacy between people. Yeah. And, uh, and I think it's it's shocking how how easy that is, uh, and and how rare because we can vet everybody through screens and on the internet before we ever even get to like the same room. Um, how much we just filter all of those people out, right. uh, and and um, how important it is to have these open um, spaces where you can um, connect with different kinds of people. Yeah. No. Absolutely. And and I think that's like, I mean, that's kind of like if we if we can get real for a minute that's kind of why we do podcasts too right is like it is a really it's it's kind of a a structured way to have those kinds of conversations mm -hmm. at, at least yeah, this show sure. this show feels like that anyway <laughs> yeah for sure <laughs> i mean like um, like even just thinking about like you and i we met in an improv class and like did a couple scenes together it was fun and then one day I think I don't remember why we were walking the same direction but we were walking the same direction after class and chatting for a while and while I was chatting with you I was like man Adrian is so cool Adrian is someone I really want to be <laughs> friends with and it was just like a very open conversation and we like by the end of that conversation I was like okay this person I have you know, spent a total of six hours with at this point feels like a friend now. And then mm -hmm. you applied to host this show like two weeks later when I posted that we were looking for co-hosts. And now I'm like, cool. It, like, you know, <laughs> it's been like three years now. And I'm like, Adrian is awesome. And like, I consider you one of my close friends. And it's like, how did that, how did that come from, you know, what were, what was it? It was uh, the Electro Kid. Was that oh, the yeah. improv scene? <laughs> We yeah, were just like steampunk. dumb steampunk uh, criminals. Yeah, yeah, that's right. Oh my god, that's so funny. That was a really fun scene. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, like but, the but, intimacy of like of friendship connections, I think is is much more interesting to me than like like romantic or sexual intimacy. Yeah, and then, like, but like I've also had that you know with. Um, I say parkour guys because at the time there were like three girls and I didn't know them. Uh, <laughs> uh, they were at the time mostly dudes. Um, and, and for uh, like, I mean, I can't think of people I have uh, probably less in common with in, in, like these like ripped like 20 year old dudes who are just like trying to live a video game and boy I would go out to the bar we have a beer and like you know like I became really really good friends with a lot of these guys and uh, you know it, it's the same kind of thing like I think it's if you're open like there everybody can can be interesting and everybody can you know like it, it's so much easier to connect with people than um 
you think it is, you know? <laughs> right. Yeah. I mean, I think, I think maybe what that kind of boils down to is like connecting with people is easy if you make it easy, right? You can't necessarily expect other people to take that first step, right? And I think that's true in, like, you know, romantic and sexual relationships, too, uh, just to kind of tie it back to our, like, theme for the month or whatever. Um, But, like, you can't expect other people to take the first step always, right? You can't expect Mm -hmm. the other person to be the one who says, hey, let's talk about this, or hey, I'm interested in you. Like, you sometimes have to take that initiative and go like, hey, like, let me put my cards on the table here, or hey, let me open up to you about something. And I think that if you go through life being just like 10% more open than like the average person, like, because you don't want to you know, go too far with it either and just constantly be like dumping all of your baggage on people because that's, you know, not <laughs> cool. <laughs> but like, yeah, that, that a is a lesson I, I had to, to learn. And it, it and I, I said that to somebody where like, oh, I, I recently learned that I don't have to tell everything, everybody all the things all the time. Right. And, and um, but like, it sounds like I'm just, grabbing people on the bus and saying like divulging my whole life which isn't the the reality of it it was more of like you know like I had you know recently gone through a divorce and then I was going to work and then there's all these complicated things that I just didn't like they're little life things that you don't really consider all the time like where you kind of have to change the way you tell your own story right like instead of saying we went to Europe like it's I went to Europe Mm. and like there's all these like little adjustments where you just have this um, patterns and and habits that are so ingrained and then you have to to make this adjustment and and I've never been one to be ashamed of my decisions or my past or anything but like telling people that like oh I'm moving this weekend because I I got divorced like you know what your coworker probably doesn't want to hear that that's a lot (laughs) right yeah um i mean it's it's, whether it's a lot for me or not like it's a lot for everyone around (laughs) right yeah for sure well that's it that's why it's got to be like 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 you know 10 10 maybe 15 percent openness and then like the rest is you know reserved for when things really get you know intimate or whatever yeah i mean i still struggle with that because like I don't, I'm not ashamed, like, but I also don't want to make other people uncomfortable. Right. But I don't want to have to, like, backtrack and, and you know, like, have inconsistencies in my story and, right. and you know, like, all these things. I don't want, like, people like, why are you sad this week? I'm, like, trying to figure out if you're mad at them or, you know, whatever. Like, I'd rather just be like, this is my situation. Right. Yeah. Um, yeah. Well, and I- it, it's a hard thing to juggle. Yeah, and and I think that there is like there is something also to be said for like giving people as much information as they need, right? Mm-hmm. Where like you don't necessarily have to like so, you know, an example being I think this is the first time you have talked about your divorce at all on this podcast. <laughs> yeah, it's true. And like the, I think it is. It's 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 been like a decent amount of time. <laughs> Yeah. And like, you know, that's totally fine. Like our listeners didn't necessarily need to know, right? And like yeah. I'm not this is not me saying you should not have said that just now. It's it's me saying like, <laughs> you know, it's kinda up to you how much you like divulge, right? And like right. you know, like when you're talking to people about, you know, any kind of breakup, even even honestly like a friendship breakup or a like professional relationship breakup, when you're talking to people who, you know, don't know 
right away or who, you know, don't know where you're at with it, right? It's exhausting to do the labor of every time saying, like, oh, I'm not, you know, I'm not bummed about this anymore. Like, this is something yeah. I, I have processed already, so, like, I'm comfortable talking about it. Like, um, yeah, you, you know, like, you're not necessarily going to tell every coworker, like, oh, my, you know, I'm divorced now. I'm okay with it. Don't, you know, don't say, oh, I'm so sorry. Don't, you know, whatever. Or, like, you know, <laughs> I make a lot of jokes about, you know, not having a dad. And, like, yeah, there's a tiny part of me that feels some amount of, like, hurt because of that but mostly I am totally fine with it and like if I talk about it or I'm joking about it like I it's because I'm fine with it right and so like if I make a joke about that I don't then want to have to tell whoever I just made the joke to it's okay you're allowed to laugh at this I just want them to assume they can laugh at it but no one's going to assume that because that's kind of evil so (laughs) So I default to then either not making jokes about not having a dad unless the people know me already or, you know, immediately saying, I can make this joke, don't worry. Yeah, totally. Um, Just to to backtrack on a thought that um, I I kind of splintered off of earlier, Uh, like you were were saying about, um, you know, like taking on some of the responsibility of of uh, connecting with people and and taking on um, you know the interest and the inquisitiveness and, and, and making it easy to, to make that kind of connection mm-hmm. and um, it, there was somebody that I, I met recently that um, and it took me a while to kind of figure out because I was like this is an awkward si- situation I hate meeting new people it's <laughs> awkward I don't I don't like it um, this is maybe a horrible uh, mistake. <laughs> and um you know like sometimes you just hit it off with people like it just um you know like it just feels like somebody that y- you knew or like you know it, it, i would say like this reminded me a lot of um you know friendships that i had in in uh, college or, or people you know like it was just like a really natural um cadence and and flow of conversation stuff that just felt like you know I'd, I'd known this person forever right and um and I, I was kind of thinking about it. i'm like why why are some situations like this like easier than than others and i the thing that kind of flicked in my head was that i, I think that this person like made a real effort to mm-hmm. uh make me feel included to to not be so self-focused to to kind of riff and, and joke and, and make everybody kind of part of the thing and not dwell on, on you know, like, you know, when you're, you're with people who, uh, like, known each other a long time and then they, like, if I get together with my, my college friends, you're going to be miserable because we're just going to talk about things that happened 20 years ago and just right. keep rehashing the same inside jokes forever. Um, but it was, you know, like, it was more of, like, a new discovery of, of, of new conversations and, um, and I, I really kind of admired this, like, ability to kind of and generosity that it takes to uh, include somebody into you know like your circle that way right yeah that's I like that a lot the the idea that like you can kind of facilitate um, you can facilitate creating a welcoming space for people by just being aware that they're there and doing what you can to sort of open things up you know mm-hmm yeah. yeah, yeah, for sure. I like that a lot. Well, that feels like a nice note to end on. 
There's some good things in the world. Yeah. <laughs> I have uh I have been like it, things are, you know, the world is what it is. It is chaos, it is bad. There's a lot of, you know, dark shit going on and like there there's no end to the like hard things that we could talk about but i think there is value oh, in God. like occasionally looking at the things that are you know bright spots in all of it and saying like but this is nice i mean it's nice to like have a uh, 30 minute slot in my day where i'm not full of rage <laughs> right exactly <laughs> speaking of not being full of rage oh man um so you've been in this studio enough times over the years that you know about douchebag motorcycle guy right the one on who has been keeping a motorcycle under the studio in a garage for the past like three years oh i don't think i ever knew about that no oh man you must have gotten lucky because it, it's not uncommon that this guy would you know open the garage door really noisily and then rev his motorcycle for like two minutes before driving out really loud and then closing the garage door really loudly and then revving his motorcycle again right outside the window uh, I found out this afternoon that he is not going to be here anymore as of next week because the person he is renting the garage from is moving. Oh, good for you. And I found out because he asked us if he could rent our garage. You're like, no! I have never been happier to turn somebody down who wanted to pay me in my entire life. <laughs> Although, if he does come back to us asking a second time because he's gotten desperate or whatever, I'm going to quote him like the equivalent of a roommate and see what he says. Because <laughs> if he's willing to pay us like five, $600 a month to rent our garage, then I will get over the fact that he is noisy because I won't have to pay the rent anymore. I think he could just keep buying new motorcycles at that price. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh my goodness. Anyway, it's the little things. It's the small joys. Sure. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Adrian, thanks for doing this with me. Uh, thanks for having me. It's always fun. And thank you for listening. People at home who are listening, person whose ears I'm in right now, thank you. Uh, if you like this episode, please consider supporting us on Patreon. Uh, speaking of people giving us money, uh, <laughs> we also have merch, and you can hit the merch link in the description to get all sorts of great stuff from our lovely friends over at Tee Public, who I think by now are supposed to have face masks available. They certainly hyped it up like over a month ago, so if they don't yet, I'm kind of like, what are y'all doing? But I'm pretty sure that they should have masks by now. Yes, I think they do. Yeah, they have masks now. You can get our logo on a mask. Go do that. Walk around with a bear on your mouth. Um, and you can also support us for free by leaving a rating or review on your podcatcher of choice or by sharing this episode with a friend. Uh, Adrian, do you have anything you want to plug while we're here or any closing thoughts? Oh, man. Uh, no, I'm still locked in my house. <laughs> Fair enough. I like to plug being locked in your house because I think uh, a lot of us have forgotten or gotten uh, tired of doing so. <laughs> Yeah, you know what? I'm going to second that. I don't have anything really to plug this week, except, you know, people know where they can find me. Uh, but I also want to encourage you to uh, just stay home. Wear a mask if you have to go into a store. Don't go to a fucking restaurant or a bar right now. Are you kidding me? Order takeout. <laughs> just just be responsible. I'm so tired. Stop trying to start <laughs> the second wave early. Yeah, I, I love like people are like, oh my god, I can't handle the second wave. Like, we're done with the first one. This yeah. is not the second wave. <laughs> this, is, this is the first wave just continuing to get bigger. That's how waves yeah. work. Yeah, like, you know how like, we watched those numbers go up the first time and they were like at 400? And when they come down to 400, 
you can't go back to what you were doing when they were on the way up because <laughs> that will cause them to go back up yep i am so tired i'm so i'm so tired of getting mad every time i open social media but that's not what we're here for we're not here to get mad we're here to get glad right <laughs> so everybody stay inside and stop making me and adrian mad yeah well, yeah there's so many things to be mad at <laughs> oh, okay oh <laughs> uh, you know what doesn't make me mad mm. the honey thorns so I want to give them a special thanks for letting us use their song Crack Apart as our theme music. You can find all their music for sale at thehoneythorns.bandcamp.com. And the show is produced and edited by me, Tonsil Atnai, for the Upford Network. You can find out about all the great shows on our network at upfordnetwork.com. Thanks again, Adrian. Thank you, Tom. Talk to you soon. Bye. Bye. Hey there, campers. My name is Emmett, and I'm the host of Gaze in the Woods, a podcast that explores rural LGBTQIA2 experiences, from radical fairies and lesbian farmers to backwoods slam poets and community organizers organizing communities the community didn't know where they were all along. Can you have a pride parade when you're the only gay in the village? What is camp when you live in a trailer? And if a genderqueer bear shares their pronouns in the forest and nobody gets it, is anything real? I don't know, but let's find out together on Gaze in the Woods, an Upford Network podcast. If you're someone who interacts with kids, you're probably familiar with moments of being asked questions you're just not equipped to answer. Whether it's the old favorite, where do babies come from, or the nuances of discrimination, Rad Child Podcast has your back. Each episode, your host, Seth Day, leads a discussion about topics like race, disability, loss, gender, sexuality, and so much more. Our goal is to give grown-ups the tools to talk to kids about almost anything. So come give a listen. Rad Child Podcast, helping to raise a generation of open, compassionate, rad kids. Available on iTunes, Spotify, Stitcher, and just about anywhere else.